1: TJ Reeves. We are back and we are counting down the days to
2: March. Only a few days remain in February, and it is the only national digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. Now, in college basketball, we're almost there. We are almost there to the month of the mayhem, the madness that is March. I am your host, TJ Reeves. He is senior handicapper and writer Vegas Vegasinsider.com. Kevin Rogers back with me. And you and I are primed. We are pumped. Lots of good college hoops and really about the final week, week and a half here of the regular season. Some conference tournaments already beginning middle of next week. Then we'll be in the throes of championship week in the NCAA tournament. Can't wait, Kevin, for all of this to unfold with the college hoops. Good to be with you.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting coming down the stretch now. You'll have some conference tournaments beginning, uh, you know, very soon, and then once we get to the, the bigger tournaments, and then Selection Sunday and the NCAA tournament. So it's always a good time of the year, and really, uh, you know, a lot to still keep an eye on. A lot of things still in question moving forward with teams that are trying to improve their their bubble positions. Other teams maybe fell off of it. But uh, when you look at at the grand scheme of things, that uh, really a lot of question marks, which which are good, you know, that you don't have anything that solid going into the tournament.
2: Well, uh, I mean, look, we're we're doing this show coming off of a Wednesday evening that saw Syracuse arguably punch their ticket in as dramatic a fashion as you possibly could, Kevin, a, a near thirty foot bank shot. Uh, at the end to win by three over Duke, a game that Duke was winning by 14 points in the first half was winning by double figures in the second half until Syracuse put a run on. That's an example of a team potentially punching their ticket with a win. Then later in the night, similar situation for a home team in the Pac-12, Cal, looking great for most of the game in Berkeley with Oregon who's one of the best teams in college basketball, Cal needing a signature win late in the year to help solidify their hopes for an at-large bid. They can't hold a double-figure lead, and it's also a three-point shot, about a 30-foot-three, 25 shot from All-American candidate Dylan Brooks of Oregon that beats Cal in the final second. And it's not even March yet, Kevin Rogers, watching watching these games and watching the drama. It's that big a deal.
0: You know, it's Syracuse, it's really funny that this was a team when you go back to November and December that wasn't playing very well. They had a, a very ugly loss to St. John's in non-conference play, and you kind of wondered with them, oh, you know, they, they were in the Final Four last year. They lost a couple key pieces, and now Jim Boeheim, you know, coming towards the end of his tenure there as the head coach of Syracuse, that they're not going to be very good. And, and it turns out somehow they got it going in January. They beat Miami at home. They Came back and beat Virginia at home. The win over Duke on Wednesday, uh, at home they beat Clemson at the buzzer on the road. They came back against NC State. They have a lot of really big wins in the final minutes where they had to come back. And Syracuse is it's that team that you don't want to face in the tournament that can be a number eight or nine seed or maybe even like a seven, and you could see them going back to the Elite Eight or the Final Four just because the way they play and they're going to be a very, very tough out in the tournament. And then when you look at Oregon and what they were able to do to come back and beat Cal, I think we pretty much know that the Pac-12 has a top three with Arizona, UCLA, and Oregon. Cal is pretty much a steady fourth, but they're below those teams, and you have the rest after that. But for Cal, who's probably still going to the tournament, losing to Stanford, losing to Oregon, those are killer losses for them.
2: Yeah, well, and again, this would have been a huge win, and they didn't get it. There's still opportunity for them, including Pac-12 tournament. But back to that Syracuse team. I mean, they—if they weren't in this—only uh, solidifies them even more by virtue of that victory. Uh, you know, give credit where it's due. Beheim, Hall of Fame coach. They've got the transfers. I mean, I know, I know their RPI number says they are 78 right now. But they've got six wins against the top 50 of the RPI. They're playing in arguably the best conference, the ACC and all of college basketball. And, and so night in and night out, they're getting opportunity to prove themselves in that conference. And I think ultimately uh, they will be in. John Gillen hitting that. He's a, he's a transfer. He's a fifth-year transfer uh, that comes into Syracuse, hit that big shot. And this was about the time a year ago, as you referenced. They made a run all the way into the postseason and then into the Final Four, kind of out of nowhere, uh, with the way that they put the lockdown on Virginia, that we were talking about Virginia a few moments ago, uh, to, to win and make them, make their way to Houston in the final four. We'll see what happens there, uh, with Syracuse. So again, this is just setting the table, dramatic finish. I mean, Butler goes into Philadelphia and beats Villanova, uh, snapping their, uh, their win streak at their home, uh, court on their campus, the pavilion. They also play in the same arena where the Sixers play as well some of the time, but they hadn't lost a game in the Pavilion, Kevin, in three years. And uh, and uh Butler just completely outplayed them in the second half. The Big East strong as well. Villanova obviously the defending champs. Butler looks like they're in. Looks like Xavier is in. Uh, looks like Creighton is going to be in. They're going to get four teams out of the Big East to be strong uh, as well for this upcoming NCAA tournament.
0: Don't forget about Providence. They've won three in a row. They beat Creighton on Wednesday with a big three-pointer at the end. They also beat Butler and Xavier of late. So you can't really forget about them. They're making a push towards the postseason here at the end. And, you know, you wonder if the Big East will get four, maybe five, if they're lucky, if Seton Hall can go on a run at the uh, end of the season. Who knows about Marquette, who has a couple good wins, but they've been a bit up and down. Uh, So, really, the Big East could be a conference – that can get a decent amount of teams in. And and like I mentioned earlier, that we're seeing a lot of these 18, 19 win teams that, you know, are kind of on the bubble that maybe up to win twenty now to get in. there, maybe winning seventeen, you know, and, years ago, and, seventeen and thirteen get you in,
2: right? And the most important thing is, who are those twenty? Like you said, and and are those twenty wins, the three extra wins, better than somebody else with seventeen that's beaten better teams? To your point with Providence, a seventeen win team. 54 in the RPI right now, six wins against the top 50 of the RPI. We should explain this uh, here on Three Dog Thursday. The RPI, the Ratings Percentage Index, looks at three main things. Who did you play? Who did you defeat? And where did you play them? Did you play them at home or on a neutral floor and on the road? The neutral floor gets a little more bonus benefit, and a true road win gets even more benefit than home victories. And Providence right now with six wins in the top 50 of the RPI, even though only 17 wins on, on the schedule, they, they look like you're right. They could be in. And I, I smelled that because you had a Providence upset a couple of weeks back of Marquette that you called on this Three Dog Thursday show. Big East very competitive and Seton Hall right there as well, Kevin, with a 48 RPI. And let us not forget they won the Big East tournament a year ago.
0: And also, Seton Hall barely beat Providence in overtime in the last few weeks at home. So, you know, that's one. I'm not going to say get one and over the other, but Providence would have won that game at Seton Hall, they really would have been in excellent shape to get an at-large bid. And, you know, you mentioned Seton Hall that won the biggest tournament last year at Madison Square Garden to get themselves in the NCAA tournament. That, I mean, who knows? There's no no guarantee that Villanova is going to win the Big East tournament at all, because they're right. pretty much locked up, and, no, and that's where you know, we're going to talk about it in a few weeks with the conference tournaments that, yes, we've seen the number one seed win before, but there are times where it always goes back to that old argument. Do you want to play the three games in three days if you're Villanova or Kentucky or Kansas or any of those? Like, Do you want to? Or if you get bounced, it's no big deal. Now you have a few days off. You know you're know, you know you're getting in, and if you're a number two seed instead of a one, who cares? Like, what does it really matter?
2: Yeah, well, it's it's good for the debate, and it didn't hurt Villanova's chances to win the title, which they eventually did. Uh, but uh, Seton Hall knocked them off, going on their way to the uh, to the Big East championship. And yeah, there there have been examples of teams that have gone on to win the whole thing while being beaten in the opening game of their conference tournament, and having eight, nine, ten days to wait before they play again. So we'll see how that part plays out. Again, it's Three Dog Thursday. Uh, It is presented by Game Point Capital. You'll hear more about our friends from Game Point Capital coming up in a little bit. What we do is come up with three underdogs in college basketball heading towards March to the conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, and eventually the Final Four. So Kevin and I uh, basically have these uh, ground rules. We're going to pick at least one Thursday game coming up later on on Thursday. And obviously, if you're listening to this show when we make the predictions and you're listening after Thursday and on the weekend, you already know how smart Kevin is, as I like to say, and how stupid I was uh, with some of these underdogs that we're predicting. We should make mention, the audience will pay more attention when we're making these predictions on the Saturday games, on the weekend games, that uh, you and I have done very well on Saturday. I'm going to tease for the audience. They're going to want to hear the stat on how well we have done picking underdogs when we come back after the timeout and pick Saturday games. But let's begin with Thursday's college basketball slate and what you like for an underdog, Kevin Rogers. What do you think?
0: All right, I'm not going Conference USA or Colonial. I'm not doing (laughs) that. I I went 0-2 on Conference USA last week, so I'm, I'm going to go to the big boys this week and Go to the Big Ten, and we'll start with Nebraska, who I got burned with a few weeks ago against Northwestern on the show. I mean, Northwestern pulled away at the end, but Nebraska goes to Michigan State tonight. And Nebraska actually has won his last two visits to East Lansing, which is very hard to believe, but uh, it is true. Yeah. And they've covered four of six as a road dog in Big Ten play, coming off a nice comeback win last Saturday at Ohio State. And Michigan State, the one thing I'll give them in this situation is they're 6-0 straight up against the spread as a home favorite against Big Ten opponents. So they have taken care of their business in this situation. But I never like backing desperate teams. And for Michigan State, still with a shot to get in the tournament, that uh, they are a bit desperate to pick up wins at this point. And, you know, they did beat Nebraska in the first meeting in Lincoln. They were laying two points on the road, and now you're laying six. At home, where Nebraska has fought pretty hard on the road, even though they were three and zero to start off conference play, and, and they've and they've gone backwards since. They have been very competitive, at least uh, on the road in Big Ten play, I'm going to take the points for the Cornhuskers.
2: Well, and for Michigan State, usually this is where Tom Izzo's teams start to kick it into gear, play good basketball, do well. Remember, they got shocked in the NCAA tournament, blew up my bracket, Kevin, and millions of others. I had Michigan State in the Final Four. They were beaten by Middle Tennessee in their opening game. But, uh, you know, you go back to last weekend, Purdue beat them decisively. Uh, They also had a loss recently to Michigan, who blew them out, you mentioned they beat Nebraska at Nebraska, but uh, you know this is a Michigan State team. They they got swept by Purdue, who beat them earlier in January. They were beaten by Indiana. They were beaten at Ohio State. Are they rounding into form? I'm not so sure here in this game. So you'll take the Huskers and uh, and the six points. All right, I am going to go with a Thursday underdog as well and I can't see Kevin right now but he's going to roll his eyes and smile because go Tigers go my alma mater Memphis in the American Athletic Conference traveling to Cincinnati this game has stood out to me for the last two or three days for a couple of reasons number one these teams are rivals from the old days of the Metro Conference back in the 70s and the 80s they've they've been in different conferences uh together previously including briefly when I was in college, Kevin, they were in the Great Midwest Conference. Do you remember the Great Midwest Conference that lived for about three years and had a grand total of six teams, including Memphis and Cincinnati and DePaul and Marquette and St. Louis? And I'm trying to remember who the other one was. It was a six-team league that lasted about three seasons before uh, everything moved and shook again, and and Memphis and Cincinnati ended up in Conference USA together. Well, now they're together in the, the American Athletic Conference, They only play once a year right now, and this is the one time that they are playing. Memphis, a double-digit underdog at Cincinnati. Everybody talking about the Bearcats trying to win the regular season title in the American and be the number 1 seed at the conference tournament. Uh, Talking about Cincinnati's tournament seeding. Could they be as high as a 4 or a 5 seed maybe in the tournament? I think Memphis may catch them. I don't know that the Tigers will win, but I think this might be a close game come uh, Thursday night in the 5th-3rd arena on Cincinnati's campus. I will take the 12 points that I'm looking at here with the Lawson brothers for Memphis and the Memphis Tigers against Cincinnati, Kevin Rogers.
0: I mean, it's worth a a strong look. There's no reason... You know why you shouldn't take a look at that, and I'm going to take a wild guess. Is Southern Miss, the final team that was in the Great Midwest. I don't, no, I don't
2: think the Southern Miss was. I'm, I'm trying to recollect. I would have to look, and maybe somebody in the audience already knows off the top of their head that's listening to us, whether it's RadioInfluence.com or iTunes or Stitcher. I mean, go over to get in my head. It's Cincinnati, Memphis, St. Louis, Marquette, DePaul, and there was one other one that escapes me in a six-team Great Midwest Conference in the early '90s. Uh, and it's still etched in my brain. This is the first time it had ever happened in NCAA Division I basketball. The 92 Cincinnati Bearcats that went to the Final Four with Bob Huggins, Nick Van Exel, Corey Blunt, that team, they beat my Memphis State Tigers, my then Memphis State Tigers that year, my final year in college. I'm scarred forever, Kevin. As uh, Cincinnati beat Memphis State not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, beating the Tigers in the Great Midwest Conference Championship game and then beating the Tigers again in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, where eventually Duke won the whole thing, beating uh, Chris Webber in the Fab Five in the Final Four. So yeah, my Memphis State Tigers, now the Memphis Tigers, lost to Cincinnati four times in one year back in 1992 and the Great Midwest was was intertwined in that. So that is my underdog for a Thursday. Do you have one more real quick for a Thursday underdog, Kevin Rogers, before we hit the timeout?
0: Yes, I'm going to go with Ohio State getting five at Wisconsin. The Buckeyes, only their second time as a home dog in Big Ten play this year. They covered in a loss at Purdue back in the beginning of Big Ten play. Wisconsin just one and four against the spread in their last five on the road, and also the Buckeyes looking to avenge. 23 point loss in Madison earlier this season. So, I think got some value there with Ohio State against Wisconsin.
2: Well, and I took the Badgers a week ago and uh and unfortunately Bronson Canyon hurt in that game. They they played valiantly at Michigan, but Michigan found a way uh to win it. And again, how many bids is the Big 10 going to get here? Wisconsin is one of those teams solidly in. Ohio State's on the outside looking in. They're going to have to win the Big 10 tournament and get the automatic bid. So, We'll see how that part uh, plays out coming up for um, for Ohio State hosting Wisconsin on a Thursday. Kevin, stand by. We've got more underdogs uh, to give out, including on Saturday. Which one of us is looking the way of an ACC team? Which one of us dares to go against Arizona in a Pac-12 showdown? Find out when Three Dog Thursday continues. And let me tell you a little more about our presenting sponsor on Three Dog Thursday, Game Point Capital, gamepointcapital.com. Jack Woodbury, Bill Hall with Game Point Capital are waiting. Anxiously, for the opportunity to be involved with anybody that is associated with college athletics and, in particular, bonuses who doesn't enjoy a good bonus. That's what these guys do at Game Point Capital. If you are a fan, a donor, uh, we never know who's listing on Three Dog Thursday through radioinfluence.com, iTunes, Stitcher. If you're hearing this show, these guys do a great job of capping the costs for big time schools paying out their college football and basketball coaches' bonuses for winning the conference, for winning a bowl game, for winning the championship, winning NCAA tournament games. That's what they do at GamePoint Capital, GamePointCapital.com. Cost containment, aligning everybody's interest, and as they like to say, when is a bonus not a bonus? When you don't have to be the ones to pay it. They want to take care of it. They want to talk with you at GamePoint Capital and GamePointCapital.com.
1: Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three-Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves.
2: We're back in talking underdogs. Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com is with me. I, uh, I, I did have to look during our brief pause there to hear from our friends at GamePoint Capital. The Great Midwest Conference, which lasted all of four and a half years, Uh, the Great Midwest Conference, I was correct with Memphis, Cincinnati, Marquette, DePaul, St. Louis, but also Dayton, and how could I forget UAB, Alabama, Birmingham, part of the Great Midwest for only the few years that were there. How about that? It it ended up being a 17 conference, 17 conference. They added Dayton a couple of years into it. Dayton now in the Atlantic 10. It's all broken every which direction because Marquette and DePaul are in the new Big East. UAB back down in Conference USA. Cincinnati. Uh, and, uh, and, and Memphis now in the American Athletic Conference. I feel better now that I know that. I don't know that anybody else in the audience really cared that much, but now we know that answer. So we've already taken some underdogs. Kevin taking a couple of Big Ten underdogs on Thursday in college basketball as we head towards the NCAA tournament. I took the Memphis Tigers against Cincinnati with the points. I don't know that the Tigers can win but they will uh this is a, this is a rivalry game and and a chance for them to maybe mess up some seeding for uh, for Cincinnati if they can. So uh Kevin, let's head towards the weekend and some underdogs. You went Big 10 on Thursday. I'm going to go first here with a Big 10 team and that's going to be the Michigan Wolverines fighting as we speak to get in the NCAA tournament. I guess I was impressed that Michigan Uh, took out my Wisconsin pick a week ago on Three Dog Thursday. Wolverines right now still with some work to do to try to get into the tournament at large. They're playing this game with Purdue at home. And uh, something says to me that Michigan in this spot against a favored Purdue team will find a way to get it done. Michigan 51 in the RPI, uh, definitely needs an RPI top 50 win. They only have three of them right now uh wolverines at home have been very good this year give me michigan in a in a game in a big ten game that they need badly coming up on saturday so you and i are loading up on the big ten underdogs and i will take the michigan wolverines so which way do you want to go kevin rogers with your third of three underdogs for this weekend in college basketball sir
0: I'm going to go to the ACC in a revenge spot for the Clemson Tigers back at home against Florida State. Last time they played on Super Bowl Sunday, a 48-point loss in Tallahassee. Mm. For Clemson, they have had a lot of close calls go against them, seven losses by five points or less in ACC play, including the recent loss to Virginia Tech. However, though, FSU, they have not been good as a road favorite in ACC play, 0-4 oh, straight up and ATS. They have one at Virginia they have uh, beaten North Carolina. They have some good wins inside the conference as a dog, but and even at Miami they won. But uh, road favorite in the conference, they've had their problems. They just lost to Pittsburgh recently, which is a horrible loss. And I just think that Clemson here, down the stretch, they play NC State and Boston College are final two. At home. They have three home games to finish it off. Those last two, they'll be favored, and this is the last one will be a home dog. I'm going to take the points of Clemson to cover against FSU.
2: And I know you're a knoll, uh, like I'm a Memphis Tiger. Uh, this is a Jekyll and Hyde team when they are at home in that Donald Tucker Center. They they look like world beaters. They look like the Warriors or the Cavs. They spread the floor. The Jason Isaac kid bombing threes, Dwayne Bacon, uh Xavier Rattan Mays. They can all score and then they go on the road. And Kevin, give me a quick comment. What happens to them? Do they lose focus? uh is it uh they don't shoot as well on the road is it a combination of those things because they that loss to Pitt was dumbfounding they were really not in that game down the stretch of the game in the second half against a Pitt team that has had a bad season what's going on with FSU on the road in general
0: well none of those games I I feel like they've been very competitive in they had the game at Georgia Tech that they got destroyed in early on the Pittsburgh game I mean, even Notre Dame, you know, they, they had beaten him by a close four the first time in Tallahassee, and I don't know what it is, and I and I look back at it, and yes, they have
1: good wins
0: at North Carolina and Virginia, but I guess more of the point is, you know, when they're getting points on the road, they've been excellent. It's just about when they're expected to win on the road, for some reason, they, they, they throw up a dud, and that's where you have to be concerned once you get towards the NCAA tournament that they'll be favored, again, technically away from Tallahassee. I mean, it's, it's a neutral site game for both teams, but you have to be concerned with that laying points against another quality team away from their home, how they're going to fare.
2: And again, in looking at at, uh, at what FSU has done, 17-0 and at home, and it seems like we're picking on them, but on the road now, 2-5 and five in true road games, and a lot of that is the ACC teams catching up with them. Georgia Tech, Syracuse, as Kevin was mentioning, Notre Dame, and Pitt all beating them recently um, in the last three, four weeks. So let's see what happens here with Clemson and this matchup where Clemson is 60 in the RPI, desperately needs a win, probably going to have to win the ACC tournament, uh, a very long shot to even get in the NCAA tournament. We'll see. Uh, for that matchup we should make mention kevin rogers here i didn't do it at the top of this segment you and i have been very good i teased this earlier with the saturday underdogs on three dog thursday Uh, this is the part of the show where you ask me how good have we been picking saturday underdogs on three dog thursday
0: how good have we been
2: (laughs) Uh, Going back the last four weeks, I tallied it up. You and I have picked 11 games involving underdogs on Saturday in college basketball, and the record is 10-1 and between the two of us, including last Saturday. I took the one loss, which was last Saturday where Houston uh, did not come through against SMU, but I had Mississippi State who covered. They didn't win the game, but they covered at home with Florida. You had Georgia who covered in the wild game with Kentucky. Uh, at home that makes us 10 and one over the last four weekends on saturday or sunday picking games so just pay attention to these i i've taken the michigan wolverines in the big 10 kevin has gone clemson i need one more underdog kevin rogers i'm gonna go pack 12 and ucla with all that firepower in a revenge game on the road at the McHale center in tucson Again, top seed up for grabs still with Oregon, Arizona, UCLA all in the mix with two or three games left. I like the Bruins here, not just to keep it close. I think the Bruins may win this game. ESPN is featuring this as their Saturday night primetime game, revenge game here. Lonzo Ball playing at a very high level, but they've got... Uh, T.J. Leaf handling the basketball, Bryce Alford, the coach's son. I know Arizona, very talented, marking in the big center from Finland. The freshman's probably going to be possibly the player of the year in the Pac-12. I just like UCLA here in a revenge game on the road at Tucson. You have an opinion here, big Pac-12 showdown in this game. Am I crazy to take the Bruins?
0: No, there's nothing to be crazy about there. Let's just see what UCLA can do. You know, they came back and beat Oregon, uh, you know, earlier this month, and now this is another big test for them that we'll see. And they're still an elite team in the Pac-12, but now let's see what they can do going on the road here in a revenge spot against Arizona.
2: Yeah, they have not had a lot of road success, UCLA. And I know Bill Walton was bemoaning this on Wednesday, the The, uh, the UCLA alum, the former All-American, former NBA great, he's now on the coverage, and Walton's going how do you not have my Bruins as a top seed going on and on? Well, there you, you look. Was that a bad Bill Walton impression? Uh, they're terrible. They're horrible. UCLA right now in the RPI is 18. UCLA's record only four and three against the top 50 of the RPI. Um, again, they could use this road win. This road win would help them be a three seed, maybe even a two seed, depending on what happens in the Pac-12 tournament. If they can get a win like this on the road, again, road wins worth more. This one at Tucson Saturday night, and I will go Bruins uh, in this matchup. So that rounds out our picks. I'll go over them again for Three Dog Thursday. First, though, Kevin Rogers is going to tell you about all the great information that they have right now and everything that's going on on VegasInsider.com. Go ahead, Kevin.
0: March Madness is coming up. It's right around the corner. NBA is back from the All Star break, which is good. So uh, now we, we move forward with the the NBA season. We'll see if we have that collision course with the Warriors and Cavaliers in the finals once again. But uh, March Madness obviously going to be the focus coming up uh, here at Vegas Insider. Don't forget, baseball's coming up. I always like to remind you about that, that that's uh, around the corner. And a lot of odds actually came out for that if you're interested in some of those things you can check that out but uh, always follow us on twitter at twit and check us out all the time at
2: vegasinsider.com okay so again uh whether it be the nba the baseball starting up or big time into college basketball the information is critical find it all on vegasinsider.com and we've done a good job let's see if it continues especially with the saturday underdogs we are 10 and 1 uh kevin and i 10 and 1 right now on the weekend the last four shows so here again are the picks. Kevin going Thursday night with two Big Ten teams, Nebraska as an underdog at Michigan State, Ohio State as the home doggy with Wisconsin. I have the Thursday night game, Memphis to cover. I don't know that the Tigers can win at Cincinnati, but I will take the 12 points with the Tigers, the alma mater. You want me to do it one more time, don't you? Go, Tigers, go. The Tigers and the Bearcats Thursday. Again, if you're listening to this show after Thursday, you already know what happened, how brilliant Kevin is, how not so brilliant I am. Then uh, we get to the Saturday underdogs. I've got Michigan, speaking of the Big Ten, as a home dog with Purdue. Kevin going Clemson as a, a home dog against Florida State. And I will take UCLA on the road as the underdog at Arizona to win the game outright. Let's see how it plays out. Kevin, enjoy all the games this weekend. Thank you for the insight and analysis. March is almost here. I know we're pumped up about it. We thank you for being with us on Three Dog Thursday. All right, TJ, thank you. There is Kevin Rogers. Follow him on Twitter at VI Rogers. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday as well for all the underdog picks. We will be just a few days from the month of March when we join you next week for the latest edition of Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games.
0: This is the Crush Report with Jeff Groschell. If we were to break down and analyze successful sporting franchises, businesses, or even individuals, we would find they operate differently, and it has
1: a lot to do with a strong sense
0: of empowerment. Here's the coach of champions, Jim Fannin. When
1: you empower someone, you get them to manage themselves. They'll uh, create their own standard. They'll prepare the best way they know how. It's not dictated by the corporation. The people do it themselves. Number one, they have really well-defined responsibility. And the great teams, uh, the players, you you know your role. Secondly, they have authority of what to do, but also of what not to do. And then third, they're held accountable. And the great companies hold people accountable. And and that's something that even parents don't always do. We don't always hold our kids accountable, And, and if we give them an option and if they choose the wrong one and we say here are the consequences, we don't hold them to it. Holding people accountable, that's one of the weaknesses in most corporations and when you empower people, they hold themselves accountable even harder.
0: Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at CrushPerformance.com, and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.